You are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 49. Now, I'm joined here once again by my co-host, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. What's up, buddy? Hello there, Jeffrey. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's good to be back with you for another week. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. It has been a, another great week of AEW content. Um, and before we get to the news this week, uh, we're going to go ahead and get this uh, um, Twitter stuff out of the way. So you can find me at uh, jenglert88 or the official 100% Elite Podcast Twitter at 100ElitePod. Make sure you guys follow the page um, and tell us what you guys think of the podcast. Give us some feedback. uh, Tell us what you think of the homework every week, the match of the week, things like that. Where can they find you, Mr. Zach? Yes, they can find me at Frisco Triscuit. That's F-R-I-S-C-O-T-R-I-S-C-U-I-T. Um, I've been working on uh, a different Twitter handle for the past few weeks, if you recall a different one, but uh, I've decided to consolidate and just use that one. So again, that's Frisco <laughs> Triscuit on Twitter. All right, let's get into some news. Um, so they've been... Arn Anderson have been has been trying to get this four horsemen trademark for a while. Um, I guess there's like a high school football team um, that is kind of like uh, you know they they already have the name um, trademarked, and so they're they're having a little bit of trouble with getting that four horsemen uh, trademark. So I wonder if that's what is holding them back from actually pulling the trigger on this four horsemen thing at all. So maybe once they get the rights to the name, we'll we'll be able to see that you know come to fruition. Um, and then we got this all the Sting merch has uh, been taken down. This is kind of squeaked there uh, right before Full Gear. This was all taken down off of WWE's uh, websites. All of his merch has stopped being sold. I wonder if um, you know if he if he was slated to show up at Full Gear maybe or. Uh, I don't know. I, that'd be that'd be cool. We've talked about it before. Uh, my, my little group of Darby Allen and Will Hobbs. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Uh, but anyways, um, the the last two things I have is so Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, Hall of Fame uh, Class of 2020. Uh, one of their inductees is Kenny Omega. Um, so it, it congratulations to him. It's definitely well deserved. Um, he, he kind of talked on it on Twitter and said, basically, he's really, uh, uh, thankful that they put him in there. And the last couple years that he has of wrestling, he's going to use that time to put forth as, as much, uh, and, and like give stuff back to, you know, the wrestling business as much as he can. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, some pretty cool news from them. And then the last thing is Selena Vega uh, kind of posted on Twitter. You know, she supports unionization uh, of basically WWE and all the all that stuff. Basically, first one to fight back against the <laughs> the whole Twitch ban, third party ban, all that stuff. And so they released her. <laughs> so she was on Twitch crying, and it, it's pretty sad, but. 
I guess this was their, uh, you can't strong arm us. We're just going to get rid of you. So I wonder if the rest of them, who you know, everybody else who got their shit shut down, if they do the same thing. I mean, if AJ Styles does it, do you really think that they're going to fire him? Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, where do you draw the line? You know, and as as a locker room, like, can you really come together um, against this? Or are you just going to be divided and let people like Zelina Vega take the fall? You know, someone who's definitely not making the money like AJ Styles is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, who really maybe needs that other platform as far as a, uh, you know, a financial benefit is concerned. So I think it's really tough. It's a really tough position. Yeah. I wonder what uh, your boy Alistair Black's going to do if he's going to, God, I would love to see him end up on AEW. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just speak up. Just say something. Say, yeah, we should unionize and let him fire you and just go to the land where you're going to be loved and appreciated for your (laughs) skills. Yeah. So, uh, you know, other than that, we obviously had a really big Tuesday. It was not just for dark. Um, we found more out about AEW games, um, which is, was a really cool drop. And Jeff, I know you've been really stoked about this. Um, there's a lot of things to talk about here. Um, I'll just give my one piece of note. The one thing I'm excited about for a uh, one thing I'm excited about is, um, is that Ukes is taking, uh, you know, is it going to have a big part in their console game? And Ukes is the, uh, creator of our favorite ever wrestling game, WWF, no mercy, uh, from the N64 platform. So really excited to see that partnership. They obviously have a lot of experience making games, um, wrestling games for consoles. So uh, I think we're going to get some awesomeness there. I know you've got a lot to talk about here with that. Was Ukes part of uh, No Mercy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Ukes was behind No Mercy. Ukes was behind some of the SmackDowns. Um, I know got a lot of making... years and a lot of... Uh, a lot of R&D and a lot of uh, experience making uh, games like this. Uh, I know they got the original creator of WWF No Mercy to, to you know, the, the director. I forget what his name is, but the, in that press conference that they had, uh, Kenny Omega basically brought it up and he, he gave a little speech about how he, he's excited. It seemed like they kind of cut it off at the end. Maybe he said other stuff that they're like, yeah, 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 we can't talk about that right now. Um, oh damn you're right i guess i stand corrected wwf no mercy was thq yeah that's what i figured i was like i don't think yukes did that yukes did uh i think they started with smackdown versus raw and up until 2k 20 or no 2k 19 was and it really that recently when they started i think so because um 2k 19 was the last one that they made and it was still glitchy and buggy mm-hmm. and 2k 20 I- was horrible and that's when Ukes wasn't there anymore. And and their reasoning. You know, it looks like it looks like Ukes did. No, Ukes started doing NJPW games. It looks like back in the mid '90s. Um, and they were the original WWF SmackDown, the first Royal Rumble, SmackDown Two, Know Your Role. Know Your Know Your Role, I think, was one of the most iconic wrestling games. Um, mm-hmm. also as far as the early ones were concerned, that was Ukes. So they did WWF slash WWE games from 2000 until 2019. Or 2018 with uh, 2K19 when it ended. So and I know he's done a lot of games. I know I I read. Fuck, where did I read that at? Uh, basically, they got rele- They got dropped from the project 2K20. Uh, because 
they basically had an interview where, where one of their programmers, they basically asked them, why are your games so glitchy and buggy uh, and stuff like that? And he basically said, you know, we have to turn these things out annually. They don't give us enough time to actually make the game. You know, we got to add how many new people to this plus make the graphics better plus you guys want us to throw in zombies and and you know all this random shit that they uh keep you know WWE keep asking for these these upgraded versions but that's why Madden has so many problems they just turn them out every single year uh there's yeah. slight it's upgrades like, what's the point yeah it doesn't yeah, make sense Fi I just got the new FIFA man there's so many glitches it's like the gameplay like looks better yeah it's like definitely like a better engine but like other than like the updated rosters, like it really doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, take time, like hone yep. the craft, like just give us some roster updates and shit, you know, along the way on a monthly basis or whatever the case is, you know, and, and maybe release a game every two years. I understand like it's a big money grab and what have you, but it, it really ends up sacrificing like quality of game for sure. Like two FIFA 21 is so glitchy right now for me. So it's it's interesting we're talking about that because it's relevant you know as far as my gaming is concerned at the moment but uh it's yeah i've seen it with madden in the past i stopped playing and i was like it's pointless to keep dropping 50 60 bucks every single year to essentially buy the same game yeah they're just money grabs that's pretty much what they are that's why the i i i bought 20 29 2k19 uh wrestling you know what i mean WWF 2K19 mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. still glitchy but it's not as bad as I've seen the 2K20 so I just stick with that one <laughs> I like creating like all the AW uh, characters and stuff like that you can create yeah, the titles but like, and... if you go back to the original ones like the original Smackdown like it was not as glitchy like the graphics obviously are like you know not close to what they are today but like as far as like gameplay like flow of gameplay mm -hmm. and things of that nature like it just it was consistent and it worked out. Yep. So I, I we saw a little bit of uh, like the trailer. It was Chris Jericho fighting uh, um, Kenny Omega, and it looked kind of cell shaded, kind of like Street Fighter um, right. is. So uh, that's probably how Kenny, you know, kind of wants it more not cartoony, but um, just not as realistic. So then they don't have to put as much into the realism. They can put mu like more into the fun of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Sheeta versus Kenny. Uh, and this is just a, this isn't even a gameplay trailer. This is just a, you know, this is what we hope it looks like. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, it, I'm actually rewatching that as we speak. And then they uh, talked about two other mobile games. Um, so there's a, like a, a GM mode uh, mobile game, which the graphics aren't going to be, you know, as part, but you can like do things like build your own roster, uh, you know, build uh cards up uh talk about revenue and and if you've sold out your pay-per-view and like all that kind of stuff so it's it it's pretty cool i'm excited for that now the casino game uh my wife is excited about <laughs> she <laughs> likes gambling so um that's just going to be cash grabs on both of the mobile games because of all the you know the things that the microtransaction is what is what i was getting at but uh yeah, man, the the creator of No Mercy, man, our our favorite game, like you alluded to earlier, <laughs> but it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to play it. I uh, can't wait to see what they what they bring out, what they show us that they can do. So it's very early, 
probably end of next year is when I, mm-hmm. when I think it's actually going to be done. Um, but yeah, I think I'm mixing up, uh, the thing that I read and listening to podcasts because I'm get my information in my head is kind of jumbled around. So I might be, uh, running over seeing the elites <laughs> news segment and a, the actual interview in one. So, uh, if you've heard it before, that's probably where it's from, <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into this dark card. Um, I want to talk about a couple of these matches and then other than that, we can, we can blow right. Darkness kind of meaningless still. Um, but first match was TNT versus the chaos project. Now, the reason I want to talk about this match is because TNT, they're Devon's kids. Uh, there was a lot of uh, like stuff that looked just like Devon. It reminded me of him. Uh, and they called for the 3D. They didn't hit it. Uh, but it would be awesome to see them pull that off and, and you know get that passed on to them. Because that's like, that's like the best tag team move ever, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah. So uh, they had a, a couple great belly-to-belly suplexes. Um, I mean, it, it, I just can't get over that 3D moment. That was that was going to be really awesome. But, uh, you know, the Chaos Project had that double-team move, uh, picked up the W here. I don't know why they're pushing this team. They should just they just should just start pushing this TNT. Do <laughs> um, you have anything on this? Yeah, I thought Terrence and Taro looked pretty good here, actually. Um, they're definitely those, like, bruiser grappler um just kind of come right at you wrestlers like devon mm-hmm. uh, always was you know they don't back down so i agree with you i thought they look good here um i don't get the whole chaos project thing but that's that's not new to any of the listeners of our <laughs> podcast um so anyway like you said took took uh took the win here with the creeping death so uh that's how we started off dark uh, but the second match we had Louis Val and Justin Blacks uh, versus the Acclaimed. And we were talking about the Acclaimed last week, um, you know, being a new team here for AEW. And it looked good here. I thought they looked good the past couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. with them having signed to AEW figure. You know, this is going to be a match where they go over and just like they went over last week on Dark. So, uh, um, you know, again, nothing extraordinary. I thought I thought they looked super solid in the ring. Um, but you know, they take the win here. Um, they look great. I think they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be able to be homegrown in AEW, but you know, uh, like all these tag teams, you know, there's only one belt, one set of belts that everybody's going for. So, uh, I think we need to figure out something to do with all these tag teams, all these good tag teams (laughs) that we have here. Uh, they could, we could do those TNT belts that, uh, Matt and Nick showed on BT <laughs> yeah. TNT title, uh, tag team titles. That'd be cool. I, I mean, I'm down for it. That'd be another set of belts to, to go after. Um, but yeah, the acclaimed, I like this Max Caster. I've, since we first started seeing him, I like his gimmick. I like that. He's doing the John Cena rapping kind of thing <laughs> uh, and he's getting better and better is, is, uh, his shit talking uh, is definitely getting better for sure. But I like this, uh, the five tool player, man. Um, it's, it's a nice little tag team. It's refreshing. Um, I like that, that tag team move that they have at the end, that like hold up uh, cutter thing that they do. Uh, but yeah, picking up the win, obviously padding the record for something. Um, 
After this, we had Top Flight versus uh, Baron Black and Frankie Thomas. Um, this Top Flight team, man, has got a lot of hops. A lot of hops. Uh, this is who is going to be facing the Young Bucks uh, this this coming week on Dynamite. Um, so we'll see, you know, why the Young Bucks have so much, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think this is like they're either – the Young Bucks are either calling out these nobodies. They're getting a championship match. That doesn't make sense. You're not going to give it to any of the tag teams that are actually on your roster. You're going to give them to these enhancement guys. It doesn't make sense to me, in my opinion. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what they do here. But yeah, top flight, uh, looking pretty good. A lot of hops. Like I said, uh, this, the standing Spanish fly was fucking awesome. Uh, their their finisher is like a turnbuckle. They like tuck the guy's head in and do a drop kick. The other guy runs up, do it, does a drop kick, and then they like kind of power bombed him into a roll up um, off the turnbuckle. So picking up the win there. Um, yeah, what do you have on this? Nothing. I, it's not that I don't have nothing. I will say the problem for me was I watched Dark after Dynamite this week. So going into this match, I already knew uh, that top flight was set to face the Young Bucks next week. Um, and with that said, going into this match, then after that, I kind of knew that, you know, top flight was going to get the win here to to pad their record. They did look good. I think they're stylistically. I think they're going to compliment the Young Bucks very, very well. Um, and they should put on a pretty good match. Um, I don't know if this is, quote unquote, like an audition or what have you. Um, you know, to me. You, the way, same way we've been talking about how Cody, you know, fought for Darby to get in, you know, is this something like the young bucks really like these guys, the top flight, and they're going to give them this match to try to help earn their way to AEW contracts. So um, again, not surprised to see top flight, get the win here with, with the knowledge that they're going to face the bucks, um, but they look good. Um, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good match. So uh, after that, we had a, uh, a Peter Avalon segment um, where he, you know, he's essentially in this elevator. Do you have anything to say about this? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Pretty Peter Avalon. Yeah. Uh, I called it. So I knew he was going back to that old yeah. gimmick. Uh, pretty good. Now there's only one uh, one librarian. So that's mm -hmm. pretty nice. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, nothing really. You can go into this next match if you want. <laughs> oh, dude. You know how I feel about Hybrid 2. Um, we had uh, Hybrid 2, Jack Evans and Angelico versus uh, Sean Dean and Adam Priest. Um, and just why can't we just give Dean a chance? <laughs> Sing it with me, Jeff. Come on. Mm. I know you want to. Um, yeah, they have <laughs> they had Kaz, out on, Kaz out on the uh, commentary booth for this match. Uh, he didn't really add much to the commentary team for me. Uh, it's not like having Jericho or Taz or... Kingston mm -hmm. or anything out there um this match is pretty much all hybrid too which i figured going into it i i understand why people like hybrid too they're just not for me man i i just to me they're just not like a believable tag team that's going to be making any sort of big moves in the tag team division um you know I, I, and i don't know why i say that um i just just don't get the gimmick man i don't get the allure um, they look good here, but just, they just don't do it for me. So yeah. do you have anything on this match? I thought the captain looked pretty good, man. He had a nice little comeback section here. Big German. He had that, uh, you know, slip over DDT. 
Um, I don't know. I like the captain. I like his gimmick. He, he's got a cool jacket coming out looking like uh, like half Captain America, half uh, the Winter Soldier. It's pretty cool. So, um, But, yeah, TH2 picking up the win here. I, I don't get – I don't get why, um, why don't, see, I, I think they should have more time. I think that's the problem why you don't like them. They were also gone for a while and they don't get, they don't get mic time. Right. Much. They don't, I, I was going to say they're like the Hardys. I get like their thing, you know, very similar to a Hardy esque kind of thing, but like, I don't have a reason to care about them right now. Yeah. That, that, I think that's the problem. They're in no storylines. They're doing these padded matches still. And, uh, I don't know. I, they also have that lower card feel to them. You know, they, yeah. they don't have like a big main event tag team feel. Uh, like I think the best friends have graduated too. the mm-hmm. best friends went from a no name gimmick pretty much to AEW's household, one of their household names in, in the tag division. Uh, but yeah, so Next match was Ashton Starr and David Ali versus the Lucha Bros. Um, dude, they fucked up David Ali in the beginning of this match. <laughs> the Lucha Bros were smacking the shit out of this kid, beating the shit out of him. Uh, this this match was a Lucha Bros match, man. They were all over the place. Um, you know, that spike pile driver for the win. It's like a double underhook spike pile driver. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, got anything on this? Nah, this was just a fun-ass match. I love watching the Lucha squash people because, mm-hmm. like, they're just ruthless about it. Like, they're like, oh, there's a young team that, like, needs to give get their dues. Like, we're going to be the guys to give them their dues because, like, these guys have been, like, all around the globe and, like, fucked, rocked each other's fucking world all around the globe. So, um, Lucha Bros picking up the uh, squash win here. <laughs> like you said, uh, assisted spike pile driver. So next we had Danny Jordan versus the one true librarian, Leva Bates. Like you said, um, this was a fun little match. Um, I actually thought Leva looked better here. Um, and we haven't really gotten a chance to see her wrestle like a terrible amount of time, but she looked good here. Um, uh, Danny Jordan looked good too, man. You've been singing Danny Jordan praises for months. Um, she can just hang, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she's definitely still green and you can tell, uh, but she like held her own here with Leva. Um, eventually Leva picking up the win here for her first win actually in AEW. All right. She might've won in a tag match. I think at some point, yeah, uh, I think with Nyla Rose in her career. Yeah. 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 But this is her first, uh, singles match, but take, take nothing away from Danny Jordan here. She looked great, man. She hit this, she hit a lot of nice moves in this match. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Danny Jordan's going to be somebody to look out for in the future. Yeah, I think both of them having ring rust is what really, you know, faulted this match. Leva Bates really never getting any ring time at all. And all of a sudden she's in a, a match on dark. She she probably uh, <laughs> had, to, had to get rid of the... She does this weird stuff too where she'll like... It's, it's like she tries to look like she's running fast, but she's actually running really slow, like running the ropes, and she st- stops in front of people. She doesn't like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's just stuff that you don't, don't see normal wrestlers doing. Like she seems like she's holding back a lot or like timid uh, in some of the stuff that she does. But, yeah, it, it wasn't a bad – I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it, it wasn't good. 
That's for sure. Uh, then we move on to your boy, Fuego Del Sol, the master of the Tornado DDT versus <laughs> five Allen Angels. Um, he's He's got a new jacket, got a new little getup going. Fuego still looking like a flaming hot Cheeto. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was actually a good match. If it wasn't for five stupid finisher, I think this would have been a pretty awesome match. Oh, you don't like the wing snapper? Oh, dude, it's so stupid. Coup de gras, uh, wing snapper, they're all horrible. Nobody's getting knocked out and pinned with the wing snapper. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. Happened to Fuego Del Sol. <laughs> yeah, it makes makes wrestling unbelievable. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. Hey, Hulk Hogan would beat people by dropping a leg on them. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of weight coming down on your neck, man. Oh, yeah. I just Oh, I'm dead. Yep, Come he's on, dead. I understand that, but is he going to take out Cody with the wing snapper? Is that what's going to happen? Is he going to take out anybody other than jobbers with, God, I said jobbers. Te- you remember Test? Enhancement? You remember Test used to give people the big boot? That was it? Yeah. Well, that's horrible, too. Yeah, the boss man slam. <laughs> like, you just pick someone up and slam on their side. Like, I Yeah, mean, that'll knock on. the Not wind out of you. That'll knock like, you out. The Rock used to pin people on the people's elbow. Yeah. Scotty Too Hotty used to pin people with the worm. He didn't pin people with the worm. He just did it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He'd give them the stupid chops and <laughs> stupid chops and then pin them. I'm telling stupid you, man. Chops. Hey, Too Cool was a great group. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Big. What was his name? Big Master Sexy? Grandmaster Sexy? Gra- Grandmaster Sexy. That was yeah. um Jerry the King Lawler's kid. Oh really? Oh, God. Yeah, and Rikishi. <laughs> yeah, Rikishi. I remember that. I I used to wear their uh, their their jacket in No Mercy. That was one of my guys. I'd make yeah, it, with I'd the glasses, on, the yeah. goggles on the head. <laughs> turn it up, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging oh, it. Oh my God, <laughs> Scotty too hot. Jesus, I think that guy's still oh, alive. Oh man. <laughs> How did we get from how did we get from the wing snapper? To That's how cool? bad it is. By to way the of worm. by way of the worm, the worm was a terrible finisher. The wing snapper is not that bad. It's pretty bad. But anyway, anyway, Alan Angel's picking up the one with the wing snapper. <laughs> Go ahead and move on. Yeah. Um, okay. So... We moved into uh, Evelise and Diamante versus Dream Girl Ellie and Genocide. Um, you and I were talking before we uh, hit record here about how stiff uh, Evelise is. Yeah. Um, just a super super stiff worker both of these girls are man and they just love beating the shit out of people but you can tell like they carry that demeanor and like it comes through in the ring and and the lucha bros do that too but it's not nearly as in as dangerous of a way like these girls are mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the whole thunder rosa incident with ivalice um and just kind of getting up in her face about that just i mean there's some dangerous shots that that they're <laughs> that they're that they're using that they're hitting in a mm. really stiff like you said um this match was not a technical classic by any mean i don't really want to get into the weeds with it um they pick uh she essentially evil evil picks up the win here with a a, a modified like sharpshooter kind of deals slash scorpion deathlock i don't i'm not sure uh which one you want to call it because i guess it just depends on if you're a stinger or if you're the rock or if you're scorpio sky so in any case, uh, Ivalice and Diamante picking up the win here. Um, they guys got to be careful. They're going to injure somebody. Um, 
And let's just hope that doesn't happen. Do you have anything on this? Yeah, she better stop stop punching people before she gets uh, fired, man. I'm telling you what, she had a an attitude problem in prior uh, places. I think TNA was one of the big places where she mm-hmm. had a big attitude problem and and kept stiffing people in the ring. It, there's one thing to give a receipt from it from an accident accidental like thing like the Braun Strowman thing where he accidentally need Brock Lesnar in the face so Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar gave him you know one two punch and uh, that settled it right there you know there's a lot of times where wrestlers give receipts that's what they're mm-hmm. that's what they're there for to show them hey you don't do that shit uh, but to just blatantly like punch girls in the face to like to watch it's not a show it doesn't look good because then the girls get kind of flabbergasted like what the fuck are you doing like this is a rest this is a dance basically this is a high performance athletic (laughs) dance is pretty much what it is sometimes it's violent but but it when it doesn't need to be it doesn't need i mean it look it it just looks even even ronda rousey and brock lesnar figured out how to not really hit people yeah, I mean, Thunder Rosa is an MMA. She Yeah, Jake Hager is MMA. Bobby Lashley was MMA. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys. I, I just think she's got an attitude problem is, is what it is. I think she gets in the ring and all of the cares go out the window. I mean, I like her get up. <laughs> she looks good. Uh, the pants look great. <laughs> um, but Eva Lise, uh, I hope they... I hope they just get a little bit more professional with her to where she can be having barn burner matches and not turning away these women from wanting to come here knowing that she's one of their signed talent. She should be wrestling these girls like, hey, look how great of matches. You, you know, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be able to show your skills on Dark or on Dynamite, uh, you know, when they have things on Dynamite for women. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I yeah, there's... we got five five women's dark matches next week. Yeah, that's gonna be nice. Hopefully, they're all good. Um, this next match was uh, Joey Janela and Sonny versus Jurassic Express. Um, flipping powerbomb for the win was the highlight of the match for me. That tag team move with uh, Jurassic Express is awesome. Then flipping mm-hmm. over Luchasaurus, getting powerbombed by Jungle Boy. Joey and Sonny out. <laughs> yeah, just anytime Sonny looked like he was having success with Luchasaurus was just super unbelievable throughout this match. Like the optics of Sonny with I think it was the he hit the uh moonsaw, the car moonsault uh, to take out Luchasaurus at some point throughout this match. And I was just like, no, this dude is so small compared to Luchasaurus. Like <laughs> it just yeah. So anyway, like you said, for a main event, it didn't wow and possess me. Luchasaurus, or I'm sorry, Jurassic Express is a great tag team. Um, the problem is, like, you don't know the motivations behind these guys. They've just been three dudes that have been, and sometimes two dudes based on injuries, whether it's been Marco or uh, uh, Luchasaurus. I, I think uh, Jungle Boy's not been injured yet. But um, mm-hmm. we don't, they haven't really been given a story, you know, as like who they are, like what their what you know, what their motivations are inside of AEW and what their intent is. I mean, they've just again been guys that have been on our screen, so we know their names. But uh, I think yeah. that reason, it it makes it hard to connect with them. You know, mm-hmm. like we hear from best friends, we care about best friends. Like they're very clearly like face guys. You know, we very clearly hate FTR. You know, we very clearly 
love these other tag teams and hate these other tag teams, but just, I mean, we just don't hear from Jurassic Express ever. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they need to, with all these tag teams that they keep uh, bringing into AEW, they need to start doing something with a lot of these guys. There's a lot of singles talents that don't really get time. It's just kind of weird. It's either the, the main group or you're kind of on the back burner. Uh, I think maybe this third hour show might, I'm hoping it gives a little bit more limelight to what everybody's doing. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what's uh, what they have in store. And yeah. You want to move on from dark finally? <laughs> yeah. It's the fastest think, we've uh, actually burned through one of these ginormous episodes of dark. Um, yeah. I think without further ado, let's get into the official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official homework of the week for me is going to be uh, one Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega, the new Hall of Fame inductee of Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Um, it's a PWG All-Star Weekend 11 match. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty awesome match, man. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, man, I have uh, a match of best two out of three falls match for the W. I believe it was for the WXW championship uh, between Walter or Big Daddy Walter at the time versus Tommy End. Um, you heard us refer to him as Alistair Black earlier in the episode. Um, but this is a best two out of three falls match at a combination event between WXW, CZW and BJW uh, called World Triangle League Day. Uh, from 2014, it was day three. Again, that's Big Daddy Walter versus Tommy End in a best two out of three balls match for the championship. It was a great match. Um, Walter ends up taking the win. Uh, but yeah, so in any case, uh, we are going to get right into Dynamite. Uh, we started this week off with our normal announce table of JR, Tony Schiavone, and the Excalibur, and we had a brand new cold open. And I know... I know that you loved this cold open. You posted all about it on your Facebook. It was a very sweet cold open. So um, I love it. Uh, we, we, you know, essentially start with uh, Taz running his mouth about uh, Brian Cage, who he is, et cetera, et cetera, just like standard Taz stuff as we've been talking about. Um, but we got right pretty much into the action after that with Matt Seidel versus the machine Brian Cage. Um, this was a damn good wrestling match to start. Uh, dynamite off this week. Uh, I thought this is the best Seidel has looked uh, since he started with AEW. I think uh, he was a believable opponent for Brian Cage. Brian Cage obviously uh, having the upper hand and strength here, um, able to kind of uh, throw Seidel around, but like that really didn't slow him down here. You know, he mm -hmm. they kind of put over on commentary. He's won five out of his last six matches, really on a roll. Really thinks the guy. It really makes you think the guys in the back really think highly of this guy. So um, there was a point in this match he ducked. He ducks the discus, discus lariat, um, hits his hurricane rana, and I really thought he was about to pick up the upset win here on Cage. You know he hasn't lost since his loss to, to Moxley, but um, in any case, he 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 catches Matt Seidel at the end of this match in mid air in this like suplex like position. And like hits the drill claw uh, for the one, two, three. But I just thought that was such an impressive feat of strength by Brian Cage at the end of this match. I was like, holy shit, like that's a strong dude to just catch <laughs> another man out of like literally out of thin air like that. So 
Uh, a really nice back and forth match. Nice way to open up uh, Dynamite with a match like that. Again, really loved the cold open. Jeff, I know you love that cold open too. Um, what'd you have on this match? Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was fucking awesome. Uh, I I like the new intro to the show too. The intro is awesome. All the like, uh, you can tell that they're using that like. St- I don't know. You could see it on BTE, but they built this new cage of lights and stuff that they're shooting these new intros to, uh, which is it's actually the start of Dynamite season two. So this is technically season two after (laughs) it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Why wouldn't season two be when the fucking um, the things restart because they they haven't restarted yet. I think they restart what in January. What what do you think the pay per views? No 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 the um, the rankings reset every year. Oh yeah, I I just think it's because of when Dynamite itself started. Like the first episode, they've been through like fifty two weekly episodic, and now they're starting back. I thought the first yeah. year was over in October. October. Yeah, so they were in officially into season two, like in october yeah i don't know it's all kind of wacky yeah. with them but the the sweet new intro it, it looks awesome but yeah matt seidel yeah. versus brian cage that was a one hell of a back and forth match like i really mm-hmm. i really thought you know he might win here uh now what i don't understand is why why hasn't cage put the ftw title on the line like at all like it's just like a fucking showpiece at this point what i mean what did he put it on the line versus will hobbs or was that yeah, just a match? Taz, yeah, and he did. And Taz talked about the FTW title, said it will always be around Cage, and that, and essentially, essentially, it's saying it has no affiliation with AEW. So you figure you'll use that as a storyline, and they'll get cocky and put it on the line against somebody, and they'll get taken from him. Then he'll be a baby about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Drill Claw, that catching Drill Claw was awesome. There was that um that counter Hurricane Rana that looked like it almost broke Cage in half. <laughs> that was fucking yeah. Good. Uh, there was a lot of sweet moves where, uh, you know, Matt Seidel would would counter Brian Cage into like out of nowhere kicks to the face. Uh, I, I mean, this was definitely his best match for me. Uh, Matt Seidel finally showing what he can do. I'm still waiting to see that shooting star press that he's known for. He still has not hit that. Um so we'll see where where he goes from there. But after this, we had Ricky Starks coming out, cutting a promo, um, and talking about how he is going to go for the TNT title. Uh, so Darby Allen holds that now. So we'll get another Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen match, which they had a killer match when they uh, wrestled before, and you know we had the <laughs> the fucking skateboard spot when they were in that tag match, which was fucking gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, do you, do you have anything on this or you want to, no, no, you got to move on to your boy, Cody. Yeah. Cody Rhodes cutting a, cutting a nice little promo after this, um, you know, kind of saying that he's not going to go after the TNT title at this point in time, but he wants to like erase one of the, one of the losses on his match uh, on his record with, uh, MJF. Um, and this this girl that I've been talking about for weeks. <laughs> like, who is this girl? She's been standing on the sidelines. And I'm like, she doesn't wrestle. She looks fantastic. Um, she comes out in the middle of this, cuts him off. Jade Cargill, who is uh, the new signee of All Elite Wrestling. 
So I wonder if she can go in the ring. Uh, she needs a little bit more work on her mic skills, but I think she was nervous more than anything being on live television and cutting coming out here first time. But she looks fucking incredible. I mean, she is just solid muscle. She's got like a fucking 12 pack. Like she mm-hmm. looks absolutely, she's got that perfect wrestling look. It, it looks awesome. I can't wait to see what, what she has to offer. Um, but yeah, cuts this promo basically says, you know, Cody, you know, makes fun of like him, his dick, uh, <laughs> basically says he's not a giant killer, uh, but she's got a true giant that's going to take care of him. And then she says Shaq. So <laughs> Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal is going to wrestle on <laughs> wrestle Cody. Uh, I felt so flat. I felt like that whole like reveal just mm-hmm. felt like super flat, like. Yeah, I mean, keep going. I know there's more to this, but I just wanted to say that. I, I wish she would have came out and it would have been like her being a manager for actually somebody who's already signed or, um, you know, that Anthony Agogo. She could have been t- paired up with him. Could have been his way into the actual ring finally. Um, anybody but Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, obviously, Cody's probably one of those people that could pull out a good match with somebody like that. I mean, they were going to do that um, Jericho versus, um, Mike Tyson match. And that didn't come out. So we'll see. I know Shaquille O'Neal is like, he's in a bunch of different revenue streams. Now he's like the face of a bunch of different things. And yeah. And, and, and he works for TNT still on their basketball analyst team. So it doesn't surprise me. Like TNT is doing this like cross promotion, like scratch my back, scratch your back. Cause mm-hmm. T I will say to TNT's credit, like, and I was watching a ton of TNT during the playoffs and stuff. And when I watch basketball, they promote the hell out of AEW dynamite throughout the week. Like yeah. they promote the hell out of them. So yeah, I'm not surprised to see Shaq get involved here. I thought the, uh, the revelation just like, and his name is Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can't, you know, that she was talking shit about how Cody can't get by with just one name because he's not man enough like Shaq is or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like that reveal was just like super flat. Although I do think that she obviously has potential to be, Mm -hmm. you know, a special performer for AEW. Um, But how about afterward, man? Brandy just coming out and cutting her down, just like cut her down with a fiery promo. Um, and I, I won't even begin to like get into like what was said, but uh, just know that Brandy came out uh, in defense of her family and in defense of her husband and just uh, put Miss Jade Cargill back in her place. Oh, yeah. She's like, cool. Great. Now get the fuck off my stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I really liked uh, Brandy Rhodes finally coming out and uh, cutting some cutting a good little promo on somebody. So I can't wait to see that match actually happen. It made me want to see them fight right then and there. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Jade will run through red velvet and stuff on our way to Brandy. But, mm -hmm. uh, after that, uh, Brian cage jumping Cody after the match, um, Ricky Starks coming out, Darby Allen making the save from, uh, from out in the stands coming down in this jacket that he had lined with, uh, thumbtacks. Mm -hmm. Um, and just using that to his advantage, like hitting this like diving body shot at Ricky Starks and then getting Cage into the corner and just, you know, hitting the like 180 like splash into him with like all the all the thumbtacks just driving into Cage's body. It's pretty gnarly. Um, you know, Will Hobbs coming out to 
uh, join eventually to even up the odds. So a pretty effective segment through and through. Yeah. God, that was horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this. Um, the you could see Cody. He goes to give Darby a pat on the back, and he's like, "Wait, yeah, I'm not gonna put my hand on those." Uh, it's kind of cool. I I didn't realize there were thumbtacks until after, and now I'm like, "Holy shit!" He literally did a springboard like coffin drop into Ricky Starks. Uh, that must have fucking hurt. I I want to go back and rewatch it just to see if if he's really putting those tacks into people because uh, that's that's one gnarly fucking jacket for sure um but yeah why don't you go into this uh moxley promo yo 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 moxley is money on the mic um essentially saying that he just doesn't have it in him to say i quit because of how much this championship means to me um saying essentially that he's beat kenny omega before no one you know is special but beating him twice is unheard of and he's going to be the guy that's going to beat him twice that it can be him it's a really effective promo um but uh we might as well just go into kenny's retort i guess at this point right? yeah let's just do that um, yeah so it happens later on in the night um but we'll just go ahead and go into it uh they catch kenny leaving um uh leaving dynamite and they just wanted to get his reaction to what moxley said and and kenny kind of being cool as a cucumber like really definitely now tilting that heel line um and i don't know if you recall uh, even though I was wrong about the match with Adam Page, I did say that whichever one wins was going to turn heel. Um, so anyway, this is our Kenny keep going heel uh, spot where he essentially uh, takes what John Moxley says about how he beat him. And of course, as we know, it was an unsanctioned match. So the match did not count towards the record of either men. So Kenny's sitting there saying like, you've never beat me. Uh, let's see what happens when we step into the ring into a real wrestling match because you're not shit compared to me, essentially, is what he said <laughs> to John Moxley. So yeah. um, a really nice back and forth. I think I I don't think God, I don't know what's going to happen here because I don't I hope we don't just see one match between the two. Yeah, um, I don't know. But but the problem is, like, if Moxley wins the first match, you know, how does. You know, how is there another match between the two? We'll see what ends up happening, but uh, we, we come to find out later as the third part of this that uh, the match is going to take place on Dynamite on December the 2nd, is it? Yep, December uh, 2nd. December the 2nd on Dynamite. We will have John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, so one of the very few times that the AEW World Championship is defended on Dynamite. Um, it has never changed hands on Dynamite. It changed hands at Revolution, mm -hmm. um, so... We'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, Old Kenny can win the belt on uh, December second. Yeah, for, uh, I, I'm pretty excited. I hope. I hope he does. It would be nice to have Kenny get his title run. It, it's time. It, we're ready for it. We're ready for that cleaner gimmick to come out for sure. I know a lot of people are excited for it. Um, but after this, we had the bunkhouse match. Uh, so Dustin and QT versus the Butcher and the Blade. Um, this was a fucking mess, but one hell of a good mess. There was shit going everywhere. Uh, trash cans, ladders. There was like uh, some cowboy shit going on around the ring, like bales of hay. And <laughs> but you had oh my gosh, yeah, yeah Dustin. Oh my gosh, sorry. Go ahead, Dustin, having that uh, that cowbell. Um, I mean, there was, they pulled out every fucking move that they could in this match. They really went all out. I think this is the end to that feud. 
Like, I think this was the blow-off match for sure. Uh, QT and the Blade both getting color. You know, the Blade having that full crimson mask, man. But I think you're right about the blood packets. I was gonna t- I was gonna say ask you if you noticed because QT took a blood packet and the blade had a huge fucking gash on his head and yeah. you could see the difference between the two. Yep. QT's was washed off by the end of the match. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. I think QT did a blood packet and I think the blade actually gigged uh, and you know cut his face. Did you see it was pulsating on his forehead? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit, he went deep. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what that's the difference in the two. And you can tell by the like you said, by the end of the match, the butcher I mean the blade was still bleeding and you know QT was pretty much only had red under his eyes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. big difference for sure. But that fucking elbow drop off the ladder was one of my favorite parts of the entire night. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking cool. Um I love them picking up the win uh with that. It was awesome. Uh would you would you have on this? Yeah, I love this match. It was brutal. It was hard hitting. I think Dustin hitting that like it wasn't quite his finisher, but that like spinning like face buster onto the chair on the I think he did he hit that on the blade or butcher? I can't remember. It was I think the he hit blade. That on butcher outside. What? What's that? He hit this like it wasn't his finisher, but he hit this like uh spinning like face buster onto the chair on the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. I think he um, went to do the the full final reckoning and yeah and only got he one just, rotation and <laughs> I, and it was weird because the announcer even said the final reckoning and then like th- like ten seconds later they were like well he tried to get it it was just a face face buster, buster or yeah something. yeah so anyway the full <laughs> death on two chairs was awesome mm-hmm. dude I thought they were picking up the win there man that looked brutal oh yeah. Uh, oh. He got the save from his tag partner for sure on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cutie Bale and Dustin out on that. But this match was hard hitting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't notice. How did Dustin get out of the uh, handcuffs in the middle of the match? Because I know he got hit. Or did they just break when he got hit like off the turnbuckle? I guess uh, I just I didn't notice the part how he got out of the hand out of the handcuff. Maybe he uh, had the key all along. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. know. Allie was over there torturing him, and like they were, you know, that was a nice little spot. This was a really fun match, an unexpected, super quality match. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams were really good. Um, this match was, you know, obviously really gimmicky, so you never know what to expect out of super gimmicky matches. Um, but these guys brought it, man. This was a great match. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I really enjoyed this match. This is, this was a highlight for me for sure. Um, after yep. this, we we had Matt Hardy cut a little promo on Sammy Guevara, saying basically this is the end. I deleted you, and and hopefully you come back a better person. But it didn't really play because he's already in inner circle spots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, it is a little weird, you know. And speaking of inner circle, obviously we'll get to this next. Um, uh, I'll just go ahead and jump right into it. We had that Matt Hardy segment, but then of course we moved on into MJF and Wardlow uh, being inducted into the inner circle. Uh, Chris Jericho starts us off with a little speech, et cetera, et cetera, brings out the inner circle. I think it's really funny, you know, Hager um, and Santana seem to like have really accepted it. And Ortiz is like shaking his head from the start. Like, nah, this is a bad idea. Like, he's playing it off the whole time, which is, like, really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anyhow, uh, you know, but essentially says, you know, first time since October 2nd of last year when Dynamite started that we're expanding the inner circle. Uh, Sammy's not there. Uh, they couldn't find him, obviously. 
or he he wasn't there. We'll find out why later. Um, but they introduced MJF and Wardlow, and this was one of those times. And it hasn't happened too often, but when magic happens, when the timing is perfect between the introduction on the microphone and when the music starts, like it was just so perfect because he says MJF and Wardlow. And then you, of course, just hear MJF saying, I'm better than you. And you know it like just perfect timing. Uh They come out, you know, their little Burberry, everything, Burberry scarf, Burberry tie doing their thing. MJF given his acceptance speech. Um, Ortiz still really having a problem with it, saying why he has a problem. Uh, it's revealed, uh, you know, that this is not just the induction ceremony, but also a birthday celebration. We find out Le Champion is 50 years old now. Mm-hmm. Jericho still doing it at 50, amazing us all the time, every single week. Um, and uh, that the inner circle is going to Vegas. So we're going to have some fun segments, I'm sure, of uh, inner circle in Vegas. Um, so, yeah, do you want me to go ahead and, We'll just talk about what what we see later on with this storyline as well. Yeah, I just want to touch on the spot where MJF basically reads off Drake songs as his oh yeah as his his acceptance speech. Uh, I don't even know who Drake is. (laughs) It was such a funny little spot there. Um, But yeah, we we can talk about it and get through it. So backstage, they had a little segment where Sammy Guevara finally shows up and says. You told me to meet you at the beach. And he goes, no, you didn't get the other email. I sent it to everybody. I sent it to you. And he goes, no, I only got one email. Uh, and that wasn't, you know, the plan. And that's when he gives everybody their tickets uh, to go to Vegas. We're all going to Vegas, baby. Um, and then they took a picture later and put it on Twitter, all of them holding their tickets, uh, going to Vegas. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, comedy will ensue with... Uh, <laughs> poker tables and, hey, and, and, and he gives a ticket to sammy guevara he yeah, had yeah, one yeah. for him so i wonder i wonder where this i mean obviously mjf versus sammy guevara is where they're going here but i wonder what's going to happen with the inner circle and mjf and wardlow who's going to stay who's going to leave because you know some of these guys are going to split up and go their separate ways who knows? I don't know. It, it brings in the Matt Hardy storyline with what you were discussing earlier about how he says, I deleted Sammy Guevara and hopefully he comes back a better person. Um, maybe they feud and MJF winning like is the base is the grounds for kicking Sammy out or something like that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe uh, MJF will put those stipulations. If I beat you, you have to leave the inner circle. They, you're right, man. You're. I think that's where it's headed. Yeah. But, but I think he, yeah, he destroys the inner circle from within. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, but uh, you want to talk about this Young Bucks interview? Uh, Young Bucks basically saying they're not going to give FTR their rematch just yet. They'll touch on that later, um, saying that, you know, with the injury and stuff like that, um, that he's cleared to wrestle, everything's fine, but uh, they want to give Top Flight a shot at the titles. Um uh, n- nobody we've heard of besides on dark they're getting title shots they're not even signed they're not <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah. but okay well, you know and you were away when i was talking about this but i think it, it could be a case of cody and darby allen you know cody bringing darby allen in and like maybe these guys are guys that young bucks know and are getting them a chance and saying hey like you got to show out and we're gonna we're gonna give you the opportunity to show out against us mm-hmm. you know Maybe it's another case of that. Who knows? Didn't they do that with Private Party? 
Yeah, but Private Party is still hit or miss. <laughs> I know, but they think, they brought. I think them Cody's over. was more of a hit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, they did that. But yeah, Private these guys Party. top flight. Like they definitely are going to match up well with Young Bucks. I think mm-hmm. they're style stylistically obviously very similar. Same thing with Private Party. I think they're going to work well together. I think they're going to show out, and maybe this is their opportunity. So I mean, probably nothing more to it than that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but after this, we had Spears versus Sky. Uh, that's Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky. That's why I'm wearing this Sean Spears T-shirt right here. Um, the chairman, baby. I wish he didn't get rid of that gimmick. I know. So Cody was on Unrestricted Podcast talking about the gimmick chair and how he told Spears to swing for the fences and to swing from the side, which you're not supposed to do. And he said that's the first time he's ever seen Tony Khan back there yelling at somebody and John Moxley <laughs> were both yelling at Spears uh basically what the fuck happened what did you do that for and you know John Moxley he said was like motioning don't hit it like this you're supposed to hit it like this <laughs> like <laughs> um but yeah he, you know Cody basically takes all claim for that fucked up spot he said it was my fault i told him swing for the fences swing to the side which it looks fantastic. That spot, the chair shot heard around the world, is a great spot. If it wouldn't have fucked Cody up so bad and just been a normal chair shot, I think he would have been able to do that a lot more. Lopping off heads like a fucking executioner with his chair, uh, especially yeah. his old entrance and stuff like that. I think it was a really good gimmick that he just wasn't allowed to do anymore <laughs> because the chair shots, obviously. Yeah, I get it, man. I'm glad Cody took responsibility for that. I'm I'm not sure if that's actually what happened. Maybe he kind of helped do it, but you know, helped to help clear Sean Spears' name. But uh, I can see why people were upset about it, especially someone as important as Cody. But uh, we'll call him the slug the slugman from now on. Why don't you tell us why, man? <laughs> so this match was really fucking hard hitting. Most of it was in picture yeah. in picture. Uh, which kind of sucked, but it was really stiff. Uh, you know, Scorpio Sky and and Sean Spears are really top-notch people. They really have great arsenal of, uh, you know, move sets on them. They both know how to work. They both do the shit in between. That's why we've been pushing for a Scorpio Sky singles run. This is why I've been pushing for Sean Spears to be in actual storylines that make sense and bring out the character in him. And this match would have done that uh, if, you know... This feud didn't get kind of cut off with Scorpio Sky being, you know, uh, you know, around somebody with COVID. So he wasn't allowed at, you know, they would have had this match, I think, at full gear. I think that's when it was supposed to take place, right? Yep. So with with this buildup kind of being not so good, you know, we had Spears. So <laughs> Tolly puts a, a, a lead, a piece of lead or the, the slug, the metal slug, over by the turnbuckle, and then tosses um, Scorpio Sky one, too. And Scorpio Sky's like, what the hell? No, I ain't using that. And that distracts the ref long enough for Spears to put it in his glove. You know, give Scorpio Sky that loaded glove face palm, which I don't know why he's not putting it in his knuckles and giving him a closed fist punch. I think that would have been a, a little a little bit cooler. I think he's done it once. Um, it's easier for him to get in and out of the glove because he hides it, obviously, afterward. Yeah. He put it um, in his trunks afterwards after right. he hit, hit him with it. Pins. Uh, and then they check the glove, which is pretty good. Pretty good on the ref uh, to check the glove for sure. 
Um, but yeah, Spears picking up the win over Scorpio Sky. I wonder if Scorpio Sky is going to cut a nice promo next uh, this coming week. Yeah, I will see what happened. It was a nice little match. I liked it. Obviously, it was not the huge blow off that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the or conceivably the uh, uh, rivalry is going to continue. Um, but they they made a, a good point to put over Scorpio Sky's record. I think they said 12 and three um, in his last 15 mm-hmm. matches. So uh, putting awesome. over his record. Very impressive to get Sean Spears the win here. Um, you and I are big Spears fans. He has the look. He's been bulking up too. I mean, he was a little bit smaller when he first came in. When he was the perfect 10 tie Dillinger, like he was a really small guy. So it's nice to see him put some weight on it, really pack some muscle on. I think he looks mm-hmm. good. He's got the look, he's got the attitude. Um, it just they them got they got to pick a storyline to get him involved with that makes him more relevant. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have, uh, you know, I did you did you go over the win here? Yeah, yeah, you did. You went yeah, over the slug loaded, win. that's loaded. right. Um, we had a couple of the um backstage segments that we uh alluded to earlier take place at this point, but the uh, next match was actually Ty Conti um with the Queen Slayer Anna J uh versus Red Velvet uh Brandy Rhodes in Red Velvet's corner, obviously, to uh keep the odds even here. Man, uh, Ty Conti looked really, really good here. This mm-hmm. was another match, though, unfortunately, really hurt by the commercial break, like dead in the center of it. Um, but you can see Ty Conti, like, you know, not only looking good in the ring from like a move aspect, um, and obviously Red Velvet looked good too here, but just the psychology, the just like will she, won't she, as far as like cheating to win or like using, you know, underhand tactics to get win. You can kind of read that on her face as Anna J, uh, you know, is on the side shouting instructions, you know, providing interference, et cetera, et cetera. And, Ty Conti really being resistive to doing anything like outside of the rules to pick up a win. Uh, but in any case, looked really, really, really good here. Um, she just hit that awesome knee and picks up the win on red velvet. Um, I was really impressed with Ty Conti. Um, and I think she's kind of cute too. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was trying to lay it out to where you'd get this match. I know that's uh, uh, your girl there. Um, I think she looked great, man. This rock bottom that she had in picture in picture was pretty fucking cool. I like that. That's one of my favorite finishers. I don't know why it's so simple, but it's it's just cool. I, I guess probably because the rock to me is like the Hulk Hogan of my wrestling experience. Right. <laughs> like he's the one who got me into wrestling, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this match was actually really good for a women's match. Red Velvet actually looked really good here too. Um, but I like the back and forth between her and Brandy. Uh, you know, Brandy kind of annoyed with the the Jade Cargill stuff. Cargill, yeah, that's what it is. Cargill um, stuff from earlier. So she's like, "All right, okay, I'll get in. I'll get into this going on. You know, all this stuff." But yeah, take Auntie not cheating. So I wonder if her and Anna J are gonna have to go at at it sooner or later because you know she's trying to get she's trying to recruit her to the Dark Order. Um, to be their women's tag, you know, tag team in the dark order. And they're, they're real best friends, like outside of, you know, the whole gimmick stuff. Um, so I wonder if they're going to end up feuding, uh, after this, that would be a nice little twist in their, in their storyline for sure. But yeah, like you said, man, a really good match, a hard hitting kicks, uh, red velvet. Um, I love that splits like choke in the corner 
where she, you know, does the splits, mm-hmm. puts her foot on the girl's throat while she's in the turnbuckle. It's a, it's a nice little move. It's stuff that you don't really see too often that I, that I like. So, um, but yeah, red velvet, she looks great too. Her in-ring stuff is getting way better and, uh, mm-hmm. Ty Conti, man, uh, bringing it out. So, uh, yeah, great match. Yeah. And so after this, uh, and I just wanted to touch on this before you got into the last match. Cause I know it's your turn. Um, we had the inner circle segment that we went over earlier, uh, but Eddie Kingston comes out on the mic and cuts a promo. Um, and like I said, I just wanted to touch on this real quick before you got into the match. So it didn't get lost, but mm-hmm. this dude just like comes across as a dude who's like becoming out of touch with reality. I wonder if they're heading that way with this character. You know, he talks about having to say, I quit that he's going to come back and be the champion, et cetera, et cetera. But then he talks about this match and how he's going to get a match. And then he says, you're welcome as if like, he's responsible for like their success and this, that, and the other, I just thought it was a really peculiar promo. Um, you know, and obviously things happen after this match. What'd you think of the promo before you talk about the match? Um, I, I think he's headed. I think he's just trying to st- tell a story. I think he's trying to get us, uh, you know, emotionally invested in things. Cause that's what put, that's what gets us is the emotional investment, not the, the moves are great and ooh, ah, wow. But if you don't, just like these, some of these matches that we talk about, like uh, Sean Spears match, we don't care because there's not a lot of emotional investment in that match. The match was great. The match was cool. Wow. And next week we'll forget about it because we're not emotionally invested in things. He's trying to do that with this Penta Ray saga, this in his story, his story, whether it's involved in his family or his his you know thing with John Moxley so um yeah I, I like it man Eddie Kingston's a good storyteller I, in ring stuff I th- still think he needs some work he still has mm-hmm. that indie indie way of wrestling you know what I mean he hasn't brought it to the TV world of wrestling you know what I mean it's just different right. uh but yeah yeah his skill set lends itself to a live audience not a TV audience mm-hmm. that's for sure um but yeah, getting into this match, this uh, main event, everybody was waiting for round two. This match was fucking killer. It was Ray Phoenix versus uh, Penta L Zero M or Pentagon Junior, whatever he's allowed to call himself right now. <laughs> um, they're trying to rip each other's masks off in this in this match, which was in 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 wrestling. They hit it on commentary too in in lucha, uh, like. It's very dishonorable to have your mask removed. It's not a good thing. The other person must really dislike you to do that to you. Um, so that was the story that they were trying to tell is that they're really, uh, you know, going at each other's throats here. They're, this is not just a competition-based wrestling match. This is a this is like a brother-on-brother blood feud in a way. Um, so... Penta hitting that flipping DDT was a holy shit moment for me. That looked awesome. You know, Ray Phoenix really knowing how to uh, place himself on one of those things, selling the shit out of it. Um, the Penta dr- driver uh, on the apron and then going down to the floor, hitting a Canadian destroyer and then putting him back in the ring and hitting another Penta driver was just fucking awesome. Uh, for the win here, man, th- that was amazing. And 
And like you said, the afterward stuff was Eddie Kingston coming out saying, okay, yeah, great, great job, best friend, you won, kicking his brother Ray Phoenix out of the ring and saying, you don't Just like him. sweeping him away like, like it was nothing, so yep. casually. Yeah, it was a fun, cool moment at the end. Um, and then before we get into the very end of this episode, what did you think of the match in the Eddie Kingston spot? So I watched this match live um, while playing pool in the basement. I had, we had a couple friends over um, and the guy that was, um, was down there with us uh, was an older wrestling fan and, and really kind of got out of wrestling the same time you did when WWE became more theatrical and less about like, the wrestling storytelling aspect of it so they were interested i had i had dynamite on the whole time obviously but you know we stopped and watched this match intently and just watching his reaction to like this whole match was like so special to me you know and 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 seeing and like listening and saying like this could be the thing that brings him back into pro wrestling just like you know it brought you back into pro wrestling um mm-hmm. to see that like happening like right in front of me was like super special this match was amazingly special for that moment for me and just amazingly special because of the content within the match i mean these guys and we've been singing their praises for weeks and months and almost a year together on this podcast um you know these guys just know how to work each other they've worked each other for their entire lives um and they always put on barn burner matches um the mask spots were insane just i mean you can just feel the emotion and the energy like like, mm-hmm. that it would take to like intentionally dig your fingers through this, your brother's mask and try to rip it off and like man like they were always so protective and careful about ray mysterio's mask and like these guys still kept going even after their masks were like ripped more than half off their faces and mm-hmm. like just put it all on the line like you said that ending sequence um you know with the like you said the penta driver Canadian driver to the outside or Canadian destroyer to the outside, then inside for another Penta driver. Man, Penta is that 195 pound badass that just wrestles like a freaking heavyweight. Like oh, it yeah. would dude, that guy needs to have the, the belt at some point. I mean, he just deserves it. He he is such a freaking awesome performer. And Ray, too. Ray, in my opinion, Ray could be the anchor of of presumably like a cruiserweight or a light heavyweight division which i think i think this company sorely needs they've got a lot of smaller guys on the mm-hmm. on the card that really need a belt that they can be going for um and they just do it if it's done the right way it can be it can be great i mean wwe just you know never really did it the right way you know i think eddie guerrero held the belt at one point and like there were some good matches for the the title around then but you know, other than that, they just really didn't pay attention to it. They just kind of cast them to the side. But, uh, I mean, these performers are constantly showing you it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. Like, you could put on a great performance. So, this was an awesome, awesome, awesome match. Yeah, great storytelling with Eddie Kingston after again. Like, hey, yay, you know, I'm just going to be back here just <laughs> kicking your kicking your brother out of the ring. Um, so, we'll see what happens. But uh, can I go ahead and give it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, then we give our uh, in-person return of the bastard pack coming out and just telling Eddie Kingston that he's made a huge mistake, that he's been messing with what he was trying to do, and it's time to get his revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, charge in the ring. Uh, we'll see what happens. Conceivably, you would think Penta is going to stay with Eddie Kingston and maybe Ray Phoenix uh, joins Pack side. 
and maybe we have a nice little uh, continue the blood feud between the two. But uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, the refs pull them apart. Um, I would have liked to see more aggression on the pull apart. It just seemed kind of weak. Uh, yeah. You know, for, for <laughs> what animosity there is supposed to be like, you know, usually the locker room or some people from the locker room are having to separate you, not like these referees, you know. I don't think the refs wanted to get it in the middle of, of Eddie Kingston and the fucking pure muscle uh, fucking Pac, man. He looks sh- more shredded than he was before. He looks ridiculous. Oh, my God. Just insane. But I do have to think the TNT title being on Darby Allen is a way to bring that cruiser weight feel to it, especially if Ricky Starks is going after it. If Penta and 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 Phoenix fucking split up, Ray Phoenix can go for that TNT title. And then you get those nice smaller guy matches that you know everybody loves. Uh, so Darby Allen versus Ray Phoenix is something that hasn't happened yet, and I would love to see it. Oh, dude, Ray would destroy him, man. You would think. <laughs> but uh, that does it for us for uh, Dynamite. We had a really, really good, solid Dynamite. Um, a lot of cool revelations. I think uh, we're shaping up to have a nice, uh, nice dark next week. Like we said, we got five women's matches. Really disappointed to see. You know, obviously we had the Jade Cargill segment, but still only one women's match. Yeah. Um, outside of that, no, you know, why is our women's title uh, holder not in the, you know, not on TV for a week? I don't. I just don't think that that makes sense. Uh, they do such a good job with John Moxley and keeping him relevant, even when he's not live with us. It's like I know there's a language barrier between Hikaru Shida and you know the United States audience as a whole, but like we just got to get her on screen more. Yeah, for sure. We really do. So, um, I don't know. That's I think it's it. time to talk about our match of the week, huh? Oh, yeah. Let's get right into the official match of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official match of the week uh, for me is actually going to be that Dustin and QT versus the Butcher and the Blade, the bunkhouse match. I really love this match. I thought the ending was awesome. The fucking uh, elbow drop off the ladder was my favorite spot of that entire night. Uh, what do you got for match of the week? Yeah, I was just singing the praises of that main event from Dynamite. I'm going to have to go Penta versus Ray. Um, you know, they didn't have as much time as the last uh, match that they had uh, in that AEW world title tournament. Mm-hmm. Um but this was a fun match. Again, it was. I think it's special to me to watch somebody who hadn't wa- a friend of mine who hadn't watched wrestling in a long time, like really be moved uh, by this match. So uh, that was pretty special. Oh yeah. So that does it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure to check this out on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Um, you know, like all that stuff leave a comment we'll we'll talk to you guys back uh also leave a review on itunes uh give us five stars uh but yeah make sure you guys subscribe and uh tell your friends uh share the podcast as much as you can on all forms of social media and you can tag us in all these things uh yeah you can find us on twitter at 100 elite pod um and zach at frisco just and uh yeah but yeah you guys can find us on youtube all the links will be in the description of the podcast form and on the youtube version also so yeah i think that does it for us guys i will 
see you on the next one later we have plenty you have some you're taking this so serious but i'm only doing this for fun you're walking backwards while i run met without because you're out done open my mouth this eye you're up regretting what you just begun you're never stopping me you're never stopping this you never saw me coming but you must acknowledge this so i'll just bring